you've done so much for me. Come on, tell them. You've given me everything I need. And with chaos around, I'll still choose. Lord, I thank you. Come on, tell them for every way. This thankful rewind episode is from a conversation I had with JJ Harrison back in January 2022. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Linwood's Gospel Entertainment Podcast, where we talk to inspire. Please like, follow, comment, and subscribe right now so that you never ever miss an episode of this uplifting podcast. My guest today is Grammy nominated Billboard and Stellar Award winning artist JJ Harrison. JJ Harrison and his youthful praise group of uh, awesome singers have been uplifting people and glorifying God through music ministry since oh, 1999. <laughs> now they brought us hits like Incredible God, Credible Praise, You Deserve It, Miracle Worker, No Reason to Fear. And the last time he was on the show, it was like uh, we talked back in 2020, I believe. He had No Holding Back Out. And his current single is Thankful on Jamestown and Tribal Music. J.J. Harrison, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much, Lynn. When you, when you introduce us, I feel so flattered. I feel like I've been able to accomplish something. So thank you very much for that. <laughs> oh, you have, and we both have been around for a long time. Praise God. Yeah, when you said 1999, I was like, whoo, that sounds like a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> now, y'all, you know what? Okay, your album's, what, been like since 1999, 98? But right. your, your music ministry goes back to, what, like 1991, 92? Yeah, yeah. We started as a teen choir in my father-in-law's church in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Um, we, you know, we were just singing everybody else's songs and we started, rec- we didn't start recording until years later. So yeah, we, we have a long history in gospel music so far. And you've been able to watch it change and grow and over the past 20, 30 years. Isn't yeah. That right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's really amazing to see the journey though. I, um, uh, I was watching, I was sitting, sitting down watching the TV shows like midday, just two days ago with my wife. And I saw like a gospel act came in. And a gospel singer just came on in the middle of the show. And it's just so awesome to see how gospel has become a part of mainstream media as well as just being a part of gospel media. It's, it's really something to see how far it's come. It, it, it really is because when you and I were in our younger days, it was like we were trying to fight to get on something almost. Absolutely. You know, convince the people, yes, we're worthy, please. Absolutely. And, and just to hear it, like, like you said, it's so true. Like if we got on, on one of the award shows, it was like a big thing. The whole community got together and we're so excited about it. Now it's become a norm. I mean, mm-hmm. just the other day, Tasha Cobbs Leonard was appreciated along with some of the other huge uh, mainstream acts. And I've just been able to see that that progression is really inspiring to me. It, it is. And then the artist that on uh, the other artist that you were talking about, I think we must have been watching the same show because I think that yeah. was Dante. 
Yeah. Dante Bowe on Tamron yeah. Hall. And I was like, yeah. really? But she's had yeah. other gospel artists on her show. She has. And, and, but it was so great because Dante, I mean, even though he's really progressive now, I mean, he's, he's really progressive, but he, it used to be like there were only like five artists you would see on mainstream TV. Right. I mean, it was like Yolanda Adams, Donna McClurkin, Kirk Franklin, um, Fred Hammond, and maybe, um, I can't think of more. Those were the four you would see consistently. And then, after, see, then after that, it was like Marvin Sapp. Right, right. Uh-huh. Go ahead, I'm yeah. sorry. But, but I mean, yeah, but like now to see somebody like a Dante Bo be on um, on mainstream TV in the middle of the day, it was just really in, in, encouraging to me because uh, it just shows that gospel music is starting to be accepted and embraced as not only a great musical genre, but the message behind it is being used for those who aren't necessarily a part of the body of Christ, but they still understand that the message is strong. So I, I, w- I was really encouraged by that. Yeah, I was too. Surprised and encouraged by, by <laughs> yeah. what I've seen because when uh, back in the day when you you were younger and I was younger, I was doing this program called Inside Gospel, this gospel entertainment news show. And we, we wrote and we talked about you guys and your music and then through the um, work I did on the urban side with the Urban Network. And it was... You're right. It was a major thing if you all got on, uh, did something on the Grammys or a talk show or and uh, and Oprah at the time was a proponent of gospel because she was really a fan of the Winans and Donnie McClurkin. Yeah, absolutely. And, that, and that's the, that's what the other I couldn't think of was BB and CC. They would always be on all the mainstream TV shows as well. So um, you're right. When, when when one of us would be on something, it was just a proud moment for the community. And I, I, I'm hoping that even though it's become more common for us to be a part of mainstream media, I, what I want to hopefully bring back is the appreciation for those moments because it seems like because they're more more common, we don't appreciate them that much. But for those of us who are from a different decade mm. and understand that these these moments are something that should be celebrated i'm hoping that we can influence those who are newcomers and they see it as something as normal to yes. let them know that this is something that you should appreciate because there was a time that it wasn't as normal as it is now that is so true so y'all younger ones out there hear that listen to that appreciate where you are and that it took us a while to get there so so just be yeah. grateful Absolutely. Last time we talked, before we get back, before we get into your music, there, we were in the thick of the pandemic, and folks was on yeah. lockdown. <laughs> and yeah, we, we're still, you know, we're still in the middle of a pandemic. So, what did you have to do differently to pivot and to push your your ministry? forward because you were you were still ministering and making music during the past two years in the height of a pandemic well you know so funny i i i'm i'm very fortunate let me say that my son went to school it's so funny how we invest in our future without even knowing it Mm -hmm. my son is a graduate of Bowie state university um one of the african-american universities here in in the dmv and he went to school for um um, video uh, media technology so he's like got his, his bachelor's in um, videography and all that doing a, doing an amazing thing he was doing a lot of work fortunately a lot of that work paid off for us because he was able to do all of our media work for it the whole season wow. now I mean he's been called a, calling the goat work all across the world as a matter of fact he won his first stellar award last year we won stellar awards together 
amazing. Yeah, I won for the not holding back record. He won because he produced the video for Kiara Sheer for her video for um, something has to break. So a, a lot of what we were able to accomplish in the last season, especially during, during the height of the pandemic, was because he was doing so well in videography, and we had what we had to learn to do to pivot was to still use media to broadcast ourselves and broadcast media and broadcast our ministry. So instead of actually traveling to a lot of the places we, place we would normally go to, mm-hmm. we'll be able to stay right here and record our performances and send them out. And people would contract us to do that because we were doing it with really good quality. It, it didn't seem like, you know, just uh, somebody holding up a cell phone. It was like a really produced well video that we would send and people would pay us for it. So it was, and I, I think a lot of artists have had to be innovative in that way during this last season because you're right, we were shut down completely. Now we're still somewhat open, mm-hmm. uh, but but even still, uh, we've had to be treat all of our mini- our mini- music ministry as a hybrid situation as opposed to just going all the way full out. Like I don't travel nearly as much, but we minister just as much because of media in this season. It's just pivoting and changing the way that you ministered. You're right. still ministering, but you just had to have right. it done in a different way. And you know what? We're not going back either. I don't care what folks say. We're not going back to the way we used to do things. Not at no, all. This is, and I prayerfully, you know, we'll, we'll change somewhat, but the normal that we knew before is gone. This is, this is a new normal. And what we have to do and what I've learned to do, even with our virtual performances, is to continue with the same passion. I think what a lot, a lot of what we've seen is people who do virtual or um, they record themselves, they don't have the same passion because there is a fuel that you get from people being in front of you. But what we've learned and what this pandemic has forced us to do is to go back to making God our audience because mm-hmm. we can't depend on the people in the house. We have to depend on him. So we're really worshiping him. We're still glorifying him and we're looking to him to be our audience, not the people in front of us. Oh, I love that, JJ. God is your audience. That is awesome. That's a powerful word you just spoke there, brother. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're very welcome. <laughs> now, in terms of your music and your style of music, which is more mm, praise and worship type, you got your own style of that. So what do you think about the explosion of praise and worship music since you entered the gospel music industry and came on the scene? Well, you know, it's so funny. I think what has happened is people have stopped trying to define praise and worship as a music style as opposed to a decision of your of your lyric. And a lot of times we define uh, what a praise and worship song is depending on the, 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 the way the song sounds, what key you're in, what time signature it's in, all these things that say, if it sounds like this, then that's a praise and worship song. Well, we have people like Lecrae, who was a rapper, who still, is, a lot of what he says is praise and worship driven. It's still giving glory to God. We have Maverick City Music, who when they worship, there's a whole different group of people that listen to them that would have, that have ever listened to me. We have people like Fred Hammond, who has the, who's continued. He's probably one of the first urban praise and worship artists. So it's, it's not defined by the sound, it's defined by the word. And I, for what we've done, we've allowed ourselves to be experimental in our styling, but we've always kept our, our lyrics consistent. They're always talking about God and who he is and him deserving the glory. And we've changed it. We, you know, we have 
have a we released go-go music mm-hmm. <laughs> we released urban style praise and worship we released you know ballads that you know really allow others to join in with us but all of it is praise and worship center and i think what has happened that has been this explosion is there's been different groups releasing the same lyric and i think that's so important to this explosion of gospel music and as a as a pertains to praise and worship speaking of praise and worship and then of course youthful praise is your group that you guys started together and there are so many groups out there that have not been able to maintain especially groups with five ten or more people how has youthful praise been able to keep going in this ministry all these years you know Every time I've asked this question, I'm really careful not to be arrogant in this, but it's actually the reverse of being arrogant. This is going to sound so like like I'm I'm self-loathing, but it's not. I really believe that the reason why we've been able to last this long is because the songs are not about us at all. Everything we've released allows anybody to sing it. Anybody who has a passion in their heart and the ability to put two or three people together can sing our music. And it's not because is that simplistic but it's because it's that passionate and we have songs like you deserve it songs like miracle worker even though we believe they're powerful they intentionally simplistic and for all these years what the reason why we've been able to last this long is because churches praise teams choirs all these people feel comfortable singing our music because it doesn't require much it just requires passion and at least a decent amount of talent and we're going to keep releasing music that people want to sing now this is the, the thing i want to say that will i don't want i want to make sure it's not arrogance but this is just being honest we sing songs that people want to sing <laughs> that, that's mm. what i've learned oh, okay. we, we sing songs that people want to sing I, I i wish i could tell artists that really want to release music and they're wondering how to make sure it crosses over they want they want to know how, how you can release a song that becomes that next big hit the trick is not trick but mm-hmm. our pattern has been take yourself out of it sing mm-hmm. what would you want to hear not what would you want to sing if you were turning on your radio if you were turning on a cd what would you want to hear what would reach you release that don't release what's in your head like this is going to get them this would no release what you what would minister to you the songs that we release minister to us first the songs that we release sound good to us first so we're encouraged to sing them because this is what we want to hear even if we didn't write it even if we didn't record it even if we didn't release it this is what we feel is necessary for our churches to hear for our choirs to sing it's been a tool for other choirs and praise teams to be able to minister to their house and that's why we encourage, and I think that's why we've lasted this long Amen Amen to that no. I know that was a I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, I think I think it was good that especially like our young people would need to hear that and to just to take a, a, a tip from that in how songwriters and producers and what they're putting out there. And that uh, if you put out something that's going to minister to you and especially uh, you want to hear and it ministers to you, well, it's probably going to minister to somebody else. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's real simple, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now, before we get into your music, just a couple of more things. You and your wife, Trina, are both serve as campus pastors for All Nations Worship Assembly in Washington, D.C.? Yes. How's that going? How long have you been doing this and then juggling the family and ministry and artistry and, and then your label imprint with Tribal? Yeah. Well, let me tell you that. This is one of the newest joys that I never knew I wanted. 
leading um, co-pastoring with my wife, um, Trina Harrison, leading this church. Had, we started in the beginning of 2020, actually, um, but we were just starting to hold services, and you know, we had we had no idea where it was going. It was just it was just like a monthly Bible study, and then at the end of 2020, I mean, first of all, in March of 2020, everything went crazy. So the fact that people were still engaged was still amazing to us. So, like I said, we virtually we started to you know hold our services and all stuff like that. I wish we'd have bought some stock in Zoom at that time. That's a whole other story. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> You and me both now. (laughs) But we, you know, we were doing Bible study on Zoom, and it's just amazing that we had these people who were still engaged in the midst of a pandemic. So we launched officially at the end of 2020, and here we are celebrating an anniversary during a time where churches, some churches fell apart, where we formed. So it's truly grateful. And what's amazing to me was watching my wife come alive. Like, this is not like, you know, you have some churches where they call the first lady the co pastor because they want to make sure they're politically correct and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. No, that's not what this is. We literally carry the weight of the church together. We are pastoring together. She teaches just as much as I do. She preaches harder than I do. Um, so mm-hmm. it's really uh, watching her become what she's become in this season has been the most rewarding part of the journey for me. But as far as finding the balance, to be honest, we're still trying to find it because during a season where a lot of it is happening out of your house, it's kind of hard to, you know, turn off the pastor and turn on the husband, turn off the pastor and mm-hmm. turn on the artist. But what I realized is God's given us the grace to do it all. We just have to be good stewards of all that we're doing. And that that's what we're learning how to do. And we're navigating in that space. And I know other pastors can say the same. Um, pastoring in your house is, is a trip, um, but we're, we're able to handle it. And God's, and God's given us the grace to do it. And speaking of pastoring together, you also wrote a, a memoir, a book together, a marriage is a miracle marriage is that right a A miracle miracle marriage marriage. why did you all decide to do that well um one thing you'll find about me is we are very transparent so we got married very young right out of high school and no no counseling as a matter of fact we didn't even tell anybody we'd get married not even our parents she (laughs) we went to adjust to the peace and got married uh and of course, because of that, you know, we started running into issues as soon as we got married and we separated very early and we were going to get divorced. You know, we was like, this isn't going to work. We made a mistake. Um, well, after a few years that I was in a service, <laughs> a leading worship at a woman's service, which should have never happened. Mm. But I was, nevertheless, I was there and Pastor Cheryl Brady was teaching and she she was teaching about Noah. And there was a point in the scripture where, it's, where it says God. And God remembered Noah. And during that time, God, I, I know it was the voice of the Lord that spoke to me and said, God has not, I have not forgotten about you. Go get your favor. And I was like, go get your favor. What does that mean? Well, the Bible says he that finds a wife find, uh, finds a good thing and finds favor with the Lord. I went to my wife and I said, well, you know, it's time for us to get ourselves back together. Well, we got back together. Um, that year, we released a record. Uh, it was called Live the Praise and Worship, which had, which had the song Incredible God on it. And everything just took off after that. I really attribute that to not to the music, but to my relationship. So what we're very careful about is making sure people don't think it's this osmosis thing, but in our getting back together, there are steps we had to take to restore our marriage. The book, A Miracle Marriage, gives you those steps. It tells you what we had to do, what what went wrong, and then what we had to do to make it right. 
and it, that shows where we are today. We, the reason why it's a miracle because we went from divorce court to being marriage counselors. That's a miracle, uh, and we'd love to share that miracle for anyone who needs to, uh, who's having any trouble in their marriage, and you need to be revived, renewed, restored. We're praying that the book, The Miracle Marriage, will minister to that to that need. Oh, that is wonderful, awesome. That's a great testimony, just right there. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Now, I want to thank you, audience, for joining us today for this episode with J.J. Harrison. Make sure that you subscribe right now by hitting the subscribe button. So go ahead and do that right now. Now, if you want to reach me, Lynn Woods, you want to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter. That's at Lynn Woods, L-I-N-W-O-O-D-S. Or Instagram at Lynn Woods 96. Or Facebook, just Lynn Woods. This has been the Lynn Woods Gospel Entertainment Podcast, where we talk to inspire. And J.J. Harrison's going to take us on home right now with just a little bit of his hit, Thankful. God bless. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. Come on, tell him for every win.